the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hey, James. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Good. Busy. Just tasting a lot. And um, we've been busy doing all of our top 100 lists and stuff. So, Yeah, I've been seeing that on Instagram, actually. So how was uh, uh, 2021 harvest for you guys? And, you know, I heard in Napa, you know, you know smaller crop, uh, smaller berries, more tannins. How was it for Sonoma? Well, so my, my impression uh, from my point of view, um, with the Pinot Noir, we were about 14% down overall of our six-year average. So that's not, that's not terrible, right? Um, you know, I think that 2021 is going to yield very high quality. Um, we had, believe it or not, summer was fairly mild, right? We didn't have any significant heat spikes out here. Nor did Napa, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything, we got rain and inclement weather much sooner, right? We got a really early atmospheric river storm in October, which dumped double-digit inches of rain throughout Napa and Sonoma. Um, you know, and thankfully, we you know, harvest was for us started Labor Day essentially. And we were done with Chardonnay by the second, or sorry, the first week of October. Uh, quality is through the roof. And, um, you know, the biggest impact was how dry it was for so long. So it's very similar to 2015, but there's some major exceptions to that. 2015, we had a real rapid sugar development without phenological mm-hmm. development because we had a lot of heat. Where in 2021, we had the similar dryness, uh, similar conditions, but really mild summer, really. And so what I was seeing in the vineyard was like real great flavor development in the fruit at lower sugars, which was kind of ideal, which was kind of ideal. So we could kind of like take our time picking. We weren't really rushed. Um, I mean, it, it went, I mean, it was a breath of fresh air in comparison to 2020. That's for sure. Yeah, of course. No, no doubt about it. So uh, I have high expectations and high hopes Great. for 20, 2021. I mean, the main thing we saw is we have various rootstocks here in Freestone. We have one rootstock in particular that's a very shallow rooted rootstock called Riparia Gloire. And yeah, uh, we, saw, we saw stunted growth in that those particular blocks because there's no there was no moisture in the soil you know, even at, uh, at upper levels. And, you know, we've started going to no-till methods, hopefully helping to try to preserve more soil moisture and yeah. topsoil, right? The ripping and all that can, you lose topsoil. Once you lose soil, you never get it back. Um, we can always add water, right? With irrigation and whatnot. So we had to be pretty um, precise when we irrigated and how we irrigated and what blocks we irrigated. And, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of talk about water, water use, but I would say that that's more of an impact on the municipality as a whole. And of course, they're going to uh-huh. they're going to affect the farmers first because they think the drawdown in agriculture and water is bigger. But I I argue that's not the case, especially in farming grapes. I mean, we do very precise watering, right? We do we use true. emitters. We do use emitters, and it's very calculated how much and how many gallons per minute. 
No, we're not talking about flood irrigation here. Of like, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, people like to sensationalize stuff and have something to talk about, but that one rainstorm we got in October totally replenished our reservoir that we rely on and passed her out, which was like phenomenal. Like, I distinctly remember having a conversation with my viticulturalist, Jeff, That's crazy. and we were, we were pour, pulling out the boards because it has like a, uh, you're, we're, we're required to let so many, so much water go into the Creek. And I'm like, well, you should pull those boards out because like, it's going to fill up. He's like, there's no way. He's like, there's no way. And like literally in 20, 48 hours, he's like, holy cow, thank God we like did what we did. Otherwise we'd have a problem. So that's, you cool. know, cause I heard that, I heard that, that, the, that rainstorm in October, it was something phenomenal, like 70% of the rain that we ha- that California had or that the area had last year in 2020, like in five it came days in, or it, it came in 48 hours, literally in 48 yeah. hours. We had the same amount wow. of inches of rain that we had all last year. That's so. aw- Well, thank- that's awesome. I'm happy. Well, sure. I mean, me too. I mean, I was, you know, in a way it was a silver lining. We were dry because the soil was able to yeah. absorb a lot of stuff. Uh, and there was a lot of reservoirs and areas that needed the runoff, you know, but I think if you caught us in a normal year, a normal moisture year, and we had something like that kind of like later in the season, you, you know, you'd have flooding and, you know, uh, more, more natural disaster type scenarios, I think, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's been dry again, though. We haven't seen a, a lick of rain since, since that happened. And, you know, everybody in North America, at least the West coast is talking about a La Nina event. Yeah, um, which tends to be drier. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see. We still have all of December, January, February. Uh, typically, what saves our bacon is late, is like early spring rains, you know. So, yeah. being on the coast, you know, when a weather system comes through, it still has a lot of power and still has a lot of moisture. That's true. And obviously, that kind of dissipates as it goes over landmass sometimes. So, we mm. tend to get more water, anyways. I mean, that's. I, I don't know that scientifically. It just intuitively seems that way. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so the coast tends to fare better versus inland areas like Napa that can have big dry down. Cause like I live in Napa now and it was shocking the shoot growth in Napa this year, you know, again, low yields, high quality, but really small shoots, uh, not very big canopies. And so it was a, quite a bit of difference between if you took pictures here at Freestone and you took pictures there in Napa. So tell me about these wines. And it's interesting because they're late releases too. What's they are, the whole yeah. story? Yeah. yeah. So there's a bit of a backstory. Um, in 2014, we did a special bottling of a, a block, a single block designated wine that we call Block 212. It was the uh, normal uh, Joseph Phelps Freestone label with just a little red, uh, you know, 212 on it to indicate, you know, that was from block 212. And that's where this idea really was born from. And and in 2018, since 2014, I've always kind of kept my eye out for special blocks. I've always wanted to do very, very, very specific site and clone bottling. And like, Uh that's what this is. Um, Okay. So, there's one block in particular, Quarter Moon, I've always wanted a bottle separately. And that's that's the Pro-M number one. That's uh, from Quarter Moon. And, you know, the reason it says this Pinot is from Jupiter, um, you know, when we when we developed the vineyard, we call it Quarter Moon because it's in the crescent shape. 
and all the vineyard blocks have actual planetary names like, you know, Saturno and Jupiter and Plutano and all that. So I, I was kind of like, well, we should use that. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, it has that, it has that connection to the quarter moon and, and, and why we call it quarter moon. And so, um, you know, they kind of, kind of came up with this story that's on the label, uh, but you know, that's more for marketing and, and for people to read and, and enjoy for the wine. This is a hundred percent from our block two, two, five, which is a hilltop planted, um, block that, uh, runs kind of like a Northeast to South or sorry, Northwest to Southeast road direction and is, uh, a clone 90 and 96. Now that's the same source material as Calera. So, I mean, it's essentially oh, okay. Calera. Um, it's just two versions of cleaned up Calera that was submitted to FPS um, who, who uh, cleans up Budwood and stuff like that for procreation for the industry. And so, so that's that one, the one, Calera is the one that is claimed that um, Josh Jensen brought it over in a suitcase from DRC. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to play handball with Josh in the eighties. Oh, nice. Spectator. When Spectator had offices in San Francisco, so right. I knew Josh very well. Then, and he told me the story. So I think it's true. And, but by the way, this wine is amazing on the palate. Thank you. I, I haven't. It's like really the sort of zesty, zingy, electric sort of acidity, and there's so much citrus fruit orange right. peel and is that yeah, why you really liked it uh, it is i mean i hands down you know james between you and i block 225 out of both our vineyard sites is 100 percent my favorite spot and it's okay. always it's this is always kind of been destined for quarter moon but i've always felt like you know quarter moon in a way yes it's a single vineyard bodily but it's also a micro blend and yeah. i've always wanted to be very like I'm like, I've always wanted to be very precise and be like, look, this is a distinct difference between this one and the next wine you'll try. And the vineyards are literally like less than a mile away as the crow flies. And wow. uh, I, I felt it important to try to bottle it on its own. And it's funny because the first wine we identified as something that I thought was a heads, and heads above everything else came from Pastor Al. Um, yeah. I've, always, I've always loved this particular block at Quarterman. But the goal is, is not necessarily to go back to the same block. It's more to see what, what cream rises to the top, so to speak, in the sense of uh, what's the best of the vintage. So, you know, Freestone's kind of version of Insignia, but not a blend, right? Of just a, a yeah. best of what the vintage gives us. So how many, um, how many bo uh, bottles did you make of the, uh, of the B225? Uh, the pro number one, the 225, we made uh, yeah. a total of, um, what do we have here? Uh, it, it four, 400, uh, 400 cases, 409 L cases. Wow. And so really, you know how much it'll, how much will it sell for? Uh, I believe it's 225 a bottle. Okay. So we're, we're shooting, we're shooting for the stars. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's high time that we do something like that. And I feel that on the coast that the, you know, the grapes, the, the, the Pinot is the apex grape on the coast. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that um, people have been, have been leery to release, you know, 
above $100 bottles of Pinot Noir. Yeah. But it's very common out of Oregon, which obviously Pinot is the apex grape in Oregon. And to me, I'm kind of like, well, why can't we do it too? And I feel that um, in, in my mind, it's long overdue. And the idea yeah. is that we're trying to make wines for a connoisseur who's going to take this wine and lay it down, hence the late release, you know, like bottle age over a year um, mm -hmm. to prove that it's ageable and that it can hang on for many years. Uh, yeah, so. still, in my opinion, it still needs like uh, at least three years to really like where, the, but I love the, the dynamic character of it now. Like you could drink it now and then it'll be fun to see how it ages as well. For sure. But For I'm, sure. It's a really great wine. Congratulations. I, I love it. Thanks. So it, uh, it is 36% uh, whole cluster inclusion, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I think if you know, I don't really shy away from whole cluster. I yeah. think that tends to lend to uh, more ageable wine in the long run. Yeah. I just like the, it really has a unique character. So that's really has, says a lot. I don't get, I don't get the feeling of a lot of, of the wine stylized at all. I get this like, whoa, how did it get that character? You know what I'm saying? We yeah. can see it's derived from where it's from. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. correct. I mean, that's, that's yeah. my, my, my approach is not, it's, it's the, it's the grapes fully speaking for our, for itself, in, in, in my opinion. And yeah. that's what I think is good about it. And you didn't you how much new wood did you use? So uh, this one had 53% uh, new oak and 47% uh, used. So not, not uh, crazy high. Um, and mainly because I think I'd rather let the the wine show. I don't I don't want the barrel to impact it too much, you know. I think this wine is interesting because it's a little bit softer, sort of melts in your mouth. It doesn't have that um, really intense like uh, acid character, but it's very different. And how it, is this? Is that derived from the is the microclimate different or is it the salt? What do you think it is? Uh, well, I would say it's, it's definitely climate driven. I mean, we, yeah, we have, you know, typically we have pretty high natural acid in the grapes in the first place. This, this wine was bottled at a pH of 3.6, but the TA is pretty high. The TA is like 0.7 grams per liter. So, um, it's, it's really what is given to us. I, this wine, there was no additives. Like, so native yeast or natural yeast, natural ML and, uh, you know, no acid additions. So, uh, I picked this at like, you know, probably 23 to 23.6 bricks or, you know, 23 and a half, 23.6 bricks. And it, you know, it the alcohol is 14.2. So, um, you know, the conversion can be all over the place depending on the year and, and whatnot. But um, the idea for it was to just be as natural and, uh, you know, delicate as possible and let the, the grape and the grape material and the healthy fruit show itself was the goal. I mean, the I like soils, how they're, they're so different. Yeah. You know, which is, that's really cool. That, that's the goal. And so what sort of a whole cluster was this? Are you on uh, number two? Yeah. Uh, number two was 35%. Uh, 
but it's a different clone. Uh, Pro-Am number yeah. two is 100% Swan. And Swan is a fickle clone out here for us. And uh, in, in, in 2014, when I bottled, so this is also from Block 212, like it was in 2014. The difference in the 2014 wine is it had two clones and it had Calera and Swan. And um, this one is 100% Swan. To me, this is a much more refined wine, in my opinion, for when I've yeah. you know tried it. I feel like it's a you know quote unquote connoisseur's wine because it 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 smells very delicate and easy and um, subtle in the nose. But when you put it in the, your mouth, and it has it it, it kind of packs a punch. It has a lot of depth yeah. and character to it. And you know they need air. That's for sure. I opened mine uh, well over an hour ago. And poured some out, you know, tasted it to make sure it wasn't corked to get some air in it. And I poured this at a tasting in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago for uh, the battery. And um, when I first opened it, I was like, wow, I'm like, I was like, that's really tight. It's really kind of the, the whole cluster is showing. But as it got air and time, it got a little warmed up a little bit. The wine totally transformed. And uh, for me, the Pro-M number two is, is I think, is a very uh, thought-provoking wine because of the delicateness it has in the aroma, yeah. but the power it has in the palate. I agree. And what's, um, what's, is it the, what's the production of this one? Uh, number two, cases? it's smaller. It's um, mm -hmm. 250. And around, and the same price? Yep, same price. And we, well, you know, we get a so soft, we did a soft opening with it, quote unquote, and uh, we only offered it through customer service. So when customers called in and like, hey, what else do you have new or anything else exciting? And so um, it's gained traction that way. But, you know, obviously we want some reviews with it, you know, so because yeah. a lot of people don't want to go out on a limb for that expensive of a bottle without sure. some reviews, you know. And so um, I, I just I don't know. I think. I think it's the best of what Freestone has to offer, quite frankly. Yeah, I can't wait to see the, the actually the vineyards. The wines are, I really think they're fantastic. And I drink a lot of Burgundy here, so. I personally would love to put them in a blind tasting with high-end Burgundies to see yeah. how, if they punch above their weight or below their weight, so to speak. Um, Cause I've drank a lot of Burgundy too. And, uh, I, I think that the Sonoma Coast has a ton of potential. We know that. Totally. And I think it's understanding that um, when people are farming, there's a lot of people who are farming high quality fruit and they're spending a lot of attention and detail to it. And I think that, um, it, you know, it deserves its due in a way. Yeah. Well, I'm totally with you on that. Okay. Well, listen, that was a great tasting and um, I'm really impressed. It was, it was uh really something so uh i hope hope that it's not all going to be sold out uh quickly but you know it's, it's relatively small production but such great wines so congratulations justin awesome wines yeah and we, I, so I really one of the, as soon as i get to california to nap i'm definitely driving over and seeing you know, i really want to check out um you know the freestone estate and i really as you know i'm a big fan of occidental and the wines right. coming out of there Right. Yeah. Well, please so, do. There's open invitation. So anytime you're, you know, you get out of the, out of, you know, well, hopefully when things <laughs> go back to normal, you get out yes, of Hong Kong. I, 
you know, like who knows? Right. Well, so uh, real quick too, before we wrap up, just want to let you know, we have 19s as well. And in 19, I did a Chardonnay as well. Um, they're obviously not released again. There'll be a later release. And, uh, okay. you know, as soon as we get them released in, in, in the, in the market, we'll, um, definitely send them to you to take a look at Yeah. It. Or even like a, even a couple, few weeks before I'm happy to taste them. Okay. So we can Sounds get it good. out. But the, these were really a revelation. I'm, um, I'm really, I'm going to be interested to see how they develop in the, in the glass, but really great wines. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. Okay, buddy. Talk thanks to you later. again. All right, Have a good evening. You too. Ciao. Bye-bye.